This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 118, another Wisdom Wednesday. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Now, here is your host, MC Laubscher. Hello everyone, MC Lobster here and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja Wisdom Wednesday. Thank you so much for spending your most valuable resource, your time with me today. And in today's show, we're going to look at life settlements. Now I'll be honest, when I first came across life settlements as an asset class, a little bit of a negative view on it because I did not really truly understand it and understood the value that it provides for all of the parties uh, that are involved in each of these transactions. So I never really looked more into it. However, it did kept coming up on my radar and came across my desk and I did start to look further into it and I will share some information on this new and evolving asset class called Life Settlements. Um, after researching and looking into life settlements, I must say it truly is a reminder that we should not think we understand or know something about a concept or an asset clause if we have not really done our homework. Please share your feedback and thoughts with me on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MCLobsher or by emailing me at info at CashflowNinja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at CashflowNinja.com or texting CashflowNinja, one word, all capitalized, to 44222. That's two fours and three twos. Have you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Are you interested in real estate investing and don't know where to start or how to get the results you want? For valuable information to get you started, visit JoinOps Properties at JoinOpsProperties.com. Globally, coffee is a $90 billion industry and international coffee farms offers a sustainable income opportunity through offshore sustainable agriculture. You can own a parcel of your very own cash-flowing specialty coffee farm in Panama. For more information on this income opportunity, you can download your free report at CashflowNinja.com forward slash Panama. Listeners of the Cashflow Ninja can grab a free audio book download from Audible when you try Audible for 30 days. You can grab your free audio book download at CashflowNinjaBook.com. So when I started researching and looking into life settlements, I must say I was just completely blown away. And it just reminded me of the saying again from Jim Rogers, the problem with people is not what they don't know. It's what they think they know that just ain't so. Now, a life settlement for those not familiar with the asset clause is a sale of an existing life insurance policy by the policy owner to a third party for more than the cash surrender value of the life insurance policy. The short history of life settlement investments is that it's been around in the tax code since 1913. 
Life insurance is approximately a $17 trillion industry in the United States, and about $50 billion of that is the life settlement business. So it makes up around one-tenth of 1% of the insurance industry. Institutional investors have dominated the space like hedge funds, banks, insurance companies like AIG, and very large net worth investors like Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. Since the 2000s, uh, the mid to high level net worth investors um, have also had access to these investments, and they make up about 5% uh, of the participants and investors in the life settlement space. Um, and as mentioned, 95% of the life settlement investment space and investors are institutional investors. There have been three ways for investors to participate. The first is through a private placement uh, in a fund, similar to a mutual fund model, and also individual portfolios and individual policies. So you can invest um, through an individual portfolio or through uh, separately in individual policies. In the United States, nearly 90% of all life insurance policies lapse, meaning that the insurance carrier never has to make a payment on that. That is around 1.5 trillion of life insurance policies either lapsing or that are surrendered annually. So basically to fight this imbalance, several states have enacted laws which require insurance companies to inform the policy owners of the opportunity to sell their policies on a secondary market like the life settlement market when they are faced with a potential lapse or a surrender of their policies. So what are some of the reasons why we haven't heard of life settlements before? It could be because the cost to buy a policy is so high outright that this investment has historically just been been available to institutional investors. Many large companies, I've mentioned AIG, there's also Berkshire Hathaway, Goldman Sachs, Credit Suisse, and Deutsche Bank have invested in life settlements for years to supplement their portfolios due to the extremely high yield potential, the low risk, and the non-correlation to the performance of the financial markets. Uh, Life settlements have been around for a long while, and their origins can be traced back as far as the 1880s in Europe. And here in the United States, life settlements uh, first gained exposure in 1911 with a landmark court case, Grigsby versus Russell, where the U.S. Supreme Court Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes ruled that a policy owner has the right to sell or otherwise assign the rights to their policy as they deem fit. So it was recognized as private property. In the 1980s and early 1990s, life settlements for the terminally ill, um, also known as viaticals, became a viable alternative for HIV and AIDS patients. Um, For those who can remember back then, um, it was a time where it, there was a huge epidemic of HIV and AIDS. A lot of individuals um, were able to take advantage of this opportunity, selling their policies to be able to pay their very high medical expenses and also for experimental treatment and research and also hospice care. 
Until that time, the vast majority of life settlements were purchased by institutions since, as I mentioned before, the cost to buy an entire policy is so high for the average person. In 1991, a new method of direct fractional ownership was engineered and that signaled the dawn of a new age for life settlements as this could be made available now to individual mid and high net worth investors as well. As technologies in the medical industry improved over the next 20 years, viaticals became less and less popular and the vast majority of the industry moved towards policy sales by senior citizens that is also referred to as senior life settlements. The difference between a viatical settlement and a life settlement is that with life settlements, there's usually a life expectancy of over two years and up to seven years of the insured. Life settlements are usually utilized by senior citizens that have a terminally medical condition with a life expectancy of two to seven years. A good example for a person that would not be a good candidate for a life settlement transaction is a 70-year-old person with a life expectancy of another 25 years. Now, viatical settlements include life insurance contracts when the insured has less than two years to live. As I mentioned before, they were popular in the 80s and 90s during the AIDS and HIV epidemics where people sold their life insurance policies to fund experimental treatments to extend their lives. So where's the life settlement industry going? Well, in 2011, the baby boomer generation finally began reaching retirement. That means that 10,000 Americans now turn 65 every day. And because of the massive financial setbacks that a very, very large majority of baby boomers uh, experienced during the stock market crashes in the early 2000s and, of course, the last financial crisis in 2007, 8, and 9, most of their retirement nest eggs are really underfunded and they're running out of time to grow their retirement savings. So the opportunity for baby boomers will also exist to supplement some of their retirement income in their final years through life settlement transactions. So let's talk a little bit about a life settlement transaction. Now, why would an individual choose to sell their life insurance policy? So senior citizens choose to sell their policies because they could no longer want or need it because the policy premiums have become unaffordable. The beneficiary is deceased and no longer really has a need for a death benefit, or they don't have any family members or any future generations to pass on the death benefit tax-free. It could be that someone was a very, very important part of a business, a small business, or even a large corporation, and had a key man insurance policy that is no longer needed by a business, It could also be that the policy owner is overinsured. It could also be that the policy owner desires the cash to manage day-to-day living expenses, start a new business, pay for medical bills, fund college for grandchildren, or just lifestyle expenses. It could also be that uh, their estate 
liquidity eliminates the continued need for the protection that the life insurance death benefit would offer the estate. But I would say one of the most common reasons is that people could have a terminal illness and medical condition, and then they require money to live out the remainder of their life comfortably and maintain the quality of life for their final years. Very, very interesting. The U.S. government uh, had done a study in 2010, and they found that the sellers of life insurance policies received up to seven times more than the cash surrender value that they had in their plans. The London School of Business also studied U.S. insurance policies and studied this industry, and they came to the conclusion that the sellers of life insurance policies received up to four times more than the cash surrender value that they had in their plans. So up to four to seven times more than the cash surrender value of their policies is what sellers of these policies could get. Now, the permanent life insurance policies that these funds buy and that are good candidates are mostly low-cash-value permanent life insurance policies like universal life policies, not high-cash-value as we have discussed on the show before in our discussions around infinite banking strategies. Now, let's take a look at the other side of the table. Why would an investor want to buy someone's life insurance policy? Well, individuals looking for non-correlated investment opportunities could buy these life settlements and turn a death benefit for a beneficiary into a life benefit for the living. Life settlements provide a very, very attractive investment alternative for institutions and individuals because of the reduced risk and the potential for extremely high returns which, as I mentioned, are not correlated whatsoever to financial markets like the stock and bond markets. It's also not correlated to interest rate hikes, so you don't really care if the Federal Reserve hikes rates or not. It's not correlated to real estate markets, oil and gas markets, precious metal markets like gold, silver, uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain-related investments and markets, or even foreign exchange currency markets. And then, of course, it is completely not correlated to geopolitical wildcard events like a terrorist attack or a war that's starting, or even a shocking election result like Brexit, which had a huge impact on global financial markets. Just looking at the landscape this year, as I've mentioned before previously in the show, we've got two very big upcoming elections in the Netherlands, and France, which would also impact the global economy, the future of the European Union and the euro currency, and then also global markets. So these investments are not correlated with that at all. So it's a really nice vehicle to put in a portion of your money that are not correlated with any other markets. So let's take a look at what would a life settlement transaction look like. So there could be a seller that has a permanent life insurance product with, say, a death benefit of around about $5 million. And let's say the cash surrender value of the policy is around $1.5 Now, the seller can sell this to a buyer 
that is potentially the company that's putting together a private placement or the life settlement fund, and they could sell this for uh, up to $2 million or $2.5 million in cash. This way, the seller gets more than the cash value and the cash surrender value of the life insurance policy to live out the remainder of their life comfortably. The buyer buys a policy for cash with a death benefit much larger than what they paid for it. And the investors in the fund get to invest in a non-correlated investment that's secure and based on actuarial science and very, very predictable outside of Wall Street, which is completely aligned with my philosophy, if you've listened to the show. You're listening to another Wisdom Wednesday on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We will be right back after a word from our sponsor. International Coffee Farms is a real estate-based specialty coffee farm ownership opportunity. You can own deeded, half-acre parcels in title, already operating specialty coffee farms in Bogete, Panama. They are turnkey managed professionally on your behalf by a team of local experts with sustainable average income of 12% and with cash flow beginning in 12 to 15 months from the date of your parcel ownership. International Coffee Farms' mission is to own and operate specialty coffee farms in Boguete, Panama that are economically, environmentally, and socially sustainable. As part of this mission, 20% of the gross profits of each farm goes towards a socially sustainable fund to improve the lives of the coffee farm workers and their families. International Coffee Farms currently owns and operates eight specialty coffee farms in Boguete, Panama, with parcels available for immediate ownership. To find out how you can become a parcel owner, you can download your free income opportunity report at cashflowninja.com forward slash Panama. You're listening to another Wisdom Wednesday episode on the Cashflow Ninja podcast, and now back to our episode. It truly is a win-win if you look at it from all of the angles and from all of the the value that all of the parties receive uh, that are part of this transaction. And the value is truly distributed across the table pretty much equally. Now, what criteria are used to choose and price these life insurance policies by buyers of the policies, companies that do private placements? and that have life settlement funds. There are many factors which impact it um, that include the gender, the age, medical condition, and the history of the, of the insured. Um, and of course, there's a doctor's evaluation done of the insured and a review of the medical records, which helps in determining the life expectancy of the person that's insured. Then they also look at the policy size and the cash surrender value. They look at the insurance company rating that the policy is worth. And then they also look at the cost for future premiums and other policy expenses. This is very important because a permanent life insurance product uh, still requires funding and premiums being paid. So, for instance, a whole life insurance policy is for the uh, whole life of the person. So if the company, the life settlement company that's offering the private placement purchase a life insurance policy from a seller, they still have to pay the premiums that's due on that policy 
until the death of the seller, and then they also incur all the other costs that are associated with it. So that is definitely something that they're going to take a look at as well. Let's talk about the returns of life settlements. Now, life settlements have a medium-term time frame of about two to seven years, I would even say seven to ten years, with quarterly payouts starting around the third or fourth year. So... That's about the time that one of the first policies start to mature. So it takes about three to four years before that that policy matures, and then the fund can start paying out investors in these life settlements. So it provides quarterly payouts, and it does provide income and cash flow, but I'd say that it's not necessarily predictable, and I wouldn't position this in my overall wealth plan uh, in the cash flow bucket that we have, uh, more of a capital gains bucket. Um, the returns range from 10 to 12% per year annualized net after all the expenses. So 10 to 12% is what you're looking at annualized per year. And to invest in these life settlements, you have to be an accredited investor and the minimum investment required is around about $100,000. In some cases, a suitable investor is accepted. Most private placements will require you to be an accredited investor. So let's talk about the tax implications of life settlements. Life settlements are taxed as capital gains. And if you're using a self-directed IRA to purchase and invest in life settlements, which you could, the tax treatment of the IRA obviously takes precedence, and it's a little bit of a different situation. So please talk to your tax strategist and advisor about your particular situation and your specific tax situation and how this would affect your taxes. Now, the environment and the relationship between the seller, investors, and the fund managers are all handled through an escrow account that provides a lot of confidence for all of the parties that are involved. There are usually a set of common concerns also expressed by many investors with direct fractional ownership of life settlements, which is the method of form of ownership in life settlement funds. So concerns with some of the direct fractional ownership is liquidity. This is not a liquid investment opportunity. So you cannot access your funds at any given point in time. That's a no-no. The investment does not pay out until the life insurance policies inside this investment matures. And so no one can really predict the future and precisely know when they will occur. We do know that there's a time frame and a window through all of the scientific calculations and actuarial predictions of around 7 to 10 years. The other issue that might come up is security. How can I be sure that a life insurance company will pay me when a policy matures? In a recent letter to investors, Institutional Life Markets Association, ILMA, stated, To our knowledge, there has never been a failure of major life insurance carrier where beneficiaries of the affected life insurance policies were not paid in full, although there may have been a delay in timing of payment. To address the, uh, the concerns with direct fractional ownership, 
there has been solutions provided for that. So what private placement opportunities provide done with life settlement companies, it does provide a diversified portfolio of life settlement, usually 20 to 30, some of it even up to 40 different life insurance policies in them. And the life expectancy concern can be mitigated that way. So, of course, the larger the pool size, the more likely that the actual return will equal the targeted return. And also by virtue just of their inclusion in a pool, members and participants and investors in this fund improve the likelihood that they may more easily find a buyer should they find themselves in a very unfortunate situation where they need to sell their shares in the fund that they invested in. Some of the other questions that listeners might have is, are these uh, life settlements investments risky? Each life settlement policy purchased on behalf of a fund usually carries a written promise to pay from an American life insurance company. So investors have the guarantee from an American life insurance company that they will pay out at the death of the insured. And then also some of these funds have risk management strategies in place. So in the event that they feel that a single policy position that they have will become unprofitable, the manager of the fund could plan to sell it in the open market. So let's recap Life settlements. Life settlements are backed by top-rated insurance companies in the United States. They are unaffected by market volatility, as we've mentioned, not correlated to any markets or any geopolitical events. It does offer some diversification across different policies uh, in some of these private placement or funds. Uh, There could be 20 to 30 different policies or even more. So a lot of different uh, types of uh, life insurance policies could be in a fund to provide that diversification. There's a four to 10 year payout window that you have to look for. So this is not a situation or, uh, or an investment where there is immediate income. And as I mentioned before, I would not put this in a cash flow bucket in my overall wealth plan. But I would put it in my bucket of uh, a guaranteed and certain and predictable monies. This is a fantastic growth vehicle. As I said, 10 to 12 percent returns, annualized returns. And this is also net after all the expenses. So it does provide uh, some really good, good yields. There are risks involved, a longevity risk, of course, because we can never really truly predict when uh, a policy will mature, when somebody will pass away. We do know that there will be a payout at some stage, and we do know that the window is run about four to 10 years. Other risks include uh, the premiums. Uh, so just like a real estate investment where you would have to pay real estate taxes, in an investment like a life settlement, there would be premiums that have to be paid within these investments. Um, the other thing that I also want to stress is this is an illiquid investment. So you cannot take your money out um, and you cannot access your money at any time. So this is money that you would be willing to 
put inside a vehicle that's inside this vehicle for 10 years and not touch it for 10 years. And it's also a vehicle for accredited investors. Most investment opportunities and private placements require an investment of about $100,000. There is also an increased regulatory oversight of these vehicles and the space. Um, as I've mentioned before, it's a growing industry and it's growing really, really speedy. And the other thing that I would just want to stress on that it is truly a win-win situation for everyone involved in this transaction. The seller wins, the buyer wins, and investors in these funds win. It's a win around the table. Uh, just an interesting story that I came across too in my research for this. Ed McMahon that did the late show with Johnny Carson, his sidekick, um, he ran into some serious health problems and actually financial problems uh, around 2007, I believe it is. And, you know, he was at one stage at risk of foreclosing on his home. So he actually utilized life settlements, sold some of his life insurance policies that he had. So for himself, he was able to hold on to his home for his, for his wife at that stage too, and live out the remaining years of his life more comfortably and at the same quality of life that he had. So it was truly a win-win for him. It was a win-win for the folks that purchased the life insurance policy from him. And then also, if it was put into a fund, which I don't know if it was with his particular case, but if it was put into a fund and a private placement, the investors investing in this fund would have also generated value from this transaction. So it really made me see this in a different light. For anyone that's interested in more information on these life settlements and life settlement investments or learning further about life settlements, please contact me at info at cashflowninja.com. I have some information and resources that I can share with you around this investment opportunity. And there's also partners that I can put you in touch with. Hi, this is MC Lobsher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Valhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining their capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy, according to the infinite banking concept. If you are interested in learning more, you can email me at info at cashflowninja.com and I will send you a copy of Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Thank you so much again for spending your time with me today for another Wisdom Wednesday. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. I'm always trying to learn and improve in every area of my life. So if there's any way that I can provide more value to you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com.
Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott have been in your shoes and have used real estate investing to become financially free. They've designed a system to take any beginner to an experienced deal-making investor in the least amount of time. They offer opportunities from basic education, coaching, bridge loan investing to turnkey investments in the cash-flowing market of St. Louis, Missouri. For more information, please visit jointopsproperties.com or call Jimmy and Bob at 314-799-2247. Coffee is a proven product and a $90 billion industry worldwide. Through international coffee farms, you have a chance to own and operate your own half-acre parcels in a specialty coffee farm in Panama, professionally turnkey managed for you. You can download your coffee farm ownership opportunity report at cashflowninja.com forward slash Panama. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. You have been listening to the Cashflow Ninja with your host, MC Laubscher, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Today's show notes and resources are available on our website, CashflowNinja.com. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objective, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness. 